similar to many other people in the Netherlands, I have been hunting for an apartment too. Yesterday, I finally got to the point where I should have had an interview call with a landlord. She proposed 4 p.m., so I rescheduled my day and started preparing at 2 p.m. I put on some nice clothes for a good first impression, checked whether my mic was working well, the computer was charged, and etc. And 15 minutes later, at 2.15, I couldn't wait to have my 4 p.m. call. I was waiting for the call for approximately 105 minutes. Have I wasted more than an hour of my life waiting? Yes. Have I done that before? Absolutely, yes. Will I do it again? Yeah, probably I will. According to some studies, an average person spends 147 hours a year waiting for things to arrive. While some waiting can be filled with nice things such as flossing your teeth or a fun article to finish, others can also be torturing. So why did I start this conversation? Uh, we'll hear that uh, women tend to be more monogamous while men prefer being polygamous. Well, all we and women oftentimes are considered less sexually adventurous for that reason. Many different cultural and social factors can influence how males and females operate in sexual affairs and no matter whether you have experienced this or not, there are some cultures where, where women are told to believe monogamy is the way to live. They are expected to be faithful and loyal to their significant others, even when these figures are not emotionally or physically present. Women are expected to be there to wait. So our question today is, what are the societal, cultural and political expectations directed towards women in waiting? We'll discuss this topic in uh, Jabulo and Debele's book, The Cry of Winnie Mandela, and cover three main issues. The concept of waiting, the societal and gender expectations, and apartheid and racial discrimination. So before we dive into the themes and topics that we want to discuss in more detail, I'm going to give you a quick summary of the book's plot. The Cry of Winnie Mandela is divided into two parts. Part one established the mythical as well as the realistic framework of the novel by firstly reminding us of the story of Penelope in the ancient Greek poem Odyssey. Penelope's character is introduced as the first woman who waited for her husband to return and represents an ideal type that all other women should aspire to be. Her four descendants are introduced and represent the realistic framework of the book as they are the embodiment of the political, historical, and social context for all South, Ameri South African women during apartheid. Although each of their stories is introduced separately, they're all guided or shaped by common themes, which we will identify in this podcast. The second part of the book brings the four descendants together during their monthly meeting, and one of the descendants proposes to play a game. The game consists of each of them hypothetically addressing the mother of the nation and South Africa's most famous woman who waited, Winnie Mandela. After the descendants approached Winnie in their own unique way, it is time for Winnie to answer them and talk about her own experience as a woman in waiting. After Winnie's long monologue about her own experience, which include historical facts and even uh, events taken from biographies of Winnie's life, the book comes to an end by reintroducing Penelope. Penelope meets all descendants, including Winnie, and sets them free by asserting that she has a quest to free women from the burden of unconditional fidelity she placed on their shoulders. What a nice ending, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. All right, now let's get into the actual themes and concepts that we want to talk about and elaborate on today. Uh, the first theme we want to talk about was already very present in the beginning of this podcast. And in the short summary, we just gave 
It is the topic or rather the concept of waiting. Exactly. Waiting as a concept is present throughout the novel, but arguably takes on many forms depending, uh, depending on the specific context. We want to explore the notion of waiting and how it's portrayed in the novel. Right. Waiting in the book is portrayed as something ordinary as well as something of extraordinary consequences for each individual woman. Ordinary is a great beginning here, as Justine McConnell, who reviewed the book, for instance, said that the author himself wants to set himself apart from the other apartheid and post-apartheid literature, the so-called protest literature, by turning back to the ordinariness of people's lives. Okay. Uh, interesting. You could say that the cry of Winnie Mandela talks about the ordinary lives of these different women uh, in order to say something bigger about the time period and how extraordinary these circumstances actually were for these women. Exactly, and I think this comes across quite well in the novel, as every one of the women has been disappointed and waited for their husbands in a different fashion, which has been caused by different circumstances. But all women describe the phenomenon as something similar. Oh yes, I remember the third descendant exclaiming that waiting is like living without a future and with the overpowering sense that all your past has been no past at all, but an instant moment of profound regret followed by nothing. I think this strongly reflects the feeling of helplessness and stagnation that all of these women expressed by waiting for their men. They did not feel like they had agency or a future at all and they felt like they were wasting their lives without being able to do anything about it. Right. David Middley ties the concept of waiting directly to socioeconomic and gender issues. As he says, the, that South African society separated women and men in the sense that men were going to work or were exiled. Women, because they were women, were expected to take care of the children or the household and stay back. Correct, and I, I thought it was very interesting to see that although Winnie was seen as extraordinary due to her being in the public eye and becoming a political icon, she still faced the same gender and social expectations. Right, and this social and gender expectations is the next theme I want to talk about. Colonialism and apartheid have left many different traumas in South Africa. For instance, societal and governmental laws significantly contributed to harmful gender-related perceptions. And while the book is dynamic and transformative, the reader cannot see the solution to the huge problem of these power imbalances between the two genders almost till the end of the book. Right. The author, as previously mentioned, starts with the famous Greek myth of Odysseus and Penelope to demonstrate the universal framework of South African history. The difficulties Penelope faced in the myth reflects the austerity that black fam families experienced while fighting against apartheid. It mirrors the situation of black women who were expected by society to conform with Penelope's storyline to stay loyal to their husbands, even though the husbands abandoned or betrayed their wives. This prototype, however, benefits only men and was created by the patriarchal society. Exactly. Uh, and the ballet starts storytelling by sharing some information about the difficult lives of black women. He tells how four abandoned women had to reinvent, recreate their lives and start from scratch without their husbands. Here we see how societal norms for women clash with the intense feelings of being abandoned and being left without a relationship. How can one follow traditional values while their basic needs are about love and partnership are not met? True, the story of Winnie herself is a fight to reinvent, reinvent herself in this restricted, male-dominated apartheid community. 
while destroying her conventional, socially accepted self, Winnie creates a different image for black women. She goes from a woman to whom society deprived the right to personal life and the right to apply her social or political leadership to a powerful female who gives rise to previously silent, uh, silenced voices. I think the notion of giving a voice to previously silenced voices ties neatly into our next theme. Right. Another topic we want to discuss today is apartheid and racial discrimination. Apartheid stands right next to human history's darkest moments, but also signifies a history of uprising and resistance. Especially during the 80s, the stormiest years of apartheid, Nelson Mandela became an icon, a symbol of resistance after his 27 years of imprisonment for apartheid, which would not have been possible without his wife, uh, Winnie. Interestingly, Winnie actually was the central figure of the global anti-apartment movement. She did not only become exemplary and fight against the violation of black women's rights, but also she confronted apartheid and how black people were treated during the oppression in general. Yes, exactly. And the author of the book mentioned in one of his essays that Winnie found and faced the biggest challenge of the revolution, which were the ways of thinking in the oppressed apartheid society, which required a redirection and abrupt change. Absolutely. And Debele believed that the major harm that apartheid did was related to imagination and the creativity process. Yeah, or in other words, the loss of creativity, the inability to see the challenges of the present moment, and at the same time, being able to see the possibilities of the future. Yeah, also in one of my favorite paragraphs, one of the four women questions how the new values impact individuals and communities, and how the collective trauma made the nation's thinking uh, vacillate between two extremes, creativity and destruction. Speaking of this, I wanted to mention that geographically speaking, the book is written in the post-colonial areas. However, the author, who is a native English speaker, rather than have chosen to write in it in any African languages, used English, a colonial language, to demonstrate the challenges that African people have faced, which may have been deliberate in order to reach a wider audience and explain the post-colonialism is not only part of the history, but something that still forms South Africa's societal, societal and political life today. Exactly, and a large part of the dark times of apartheid that many people are maybe unaware of are the lives of so many South African women who waited for their husbands. Yes, I even think that the women's bodies are a metaphor for the country itself. So in that sense, the male domination over the women in waiting can also signify the European domination and racial discrimination experienced by the nation. Male domination and apartheid both demanded too much from people. But also um, think that the book can be read as a hope of freeing South Africa's, uh, Africans from the apartheid mindset, similar to those four women who were finally able to set themselves free from endless, endlessly waiting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the ending indicates how Penelope lost control over them and how they finally became liberated from her influence and the patriarchal and racial expectations of South African apartheid. Yes, now let's go back to our initial question. What are the societal, cultural, and political expectations directed towards women in waiting? We discussed how waiting was imposed on women by patriarchal cultural and society, the culture that expected women to be as faithful and loyal as mythical Penelope, 
was in Odyssey. We showed that how the concept of waiting is used in the novel to highlight the link between societal, gender, and racial expectations directed towards women in waiting, specifically in the context of racial discrimination and apartheid. But we also discussed how all of these factors impacted the women at the time, including the famous Winnie. I think in, in conclusion, we can say that the novel made clear that questions of colonialism and race are reflected and experienced significantly on an ordinary level and crucially impacted women disproportionately. And that is a great way to end this podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>